This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. You're listening to the West Stanway Podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Stanway Podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we'll talk about the Germany game before moving on to Double Bubble on the questions from patrons with questions at the start and questions at the end with X sandwiched nicely in between with what we hope will be some positive news about the club. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, big, big, big game tomorrow night, mate. Do you fancy us? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, yes, but not confidently. I think we might just scrape it. Might It's really hard to call because Germany are a bit inconsistent, aren't they? Like, they struggled against Hungary, but then we're really good against France. And, yeah, it's hard to know what you're going to get with them. And, obviously, England-Germany games are very um yeah, eventful usually um with controversy as well um maybe var will eliminate that controversy or even add to it who knows with the stupid technology but it's <laughs> um yeah it's gonna be um it's gonna be an interesting game um disappointingly i don't think i'm gonna be able to watch it which i was moaning to you about earlier but uh, oh, mate, i feel so sorry awful, for you mate honestly awful. I, really do. I mean the thing is like it's a, it's a, I'm on a management course. I won't say too much because I think some people that I work with know I'm on a management course and from for the staff that I'm in charge of, I've told them all to go home, go home early, enjoy yourself. But unfortunately, I'm on a management course and they're not doing the same. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be missing certainly the first half, but hopefully I might be able to grab the second half at some point. Oh, mate, it's so harsh. And, you know, it's... It's sad to hear that because 
you are so much more enthusiastic and passionate about England than I am. I mean, I'm, I'm quite open about that. So if anyone deserves to miss it, really, it's, it's me. I mean, I could always do the management calls for you. I mean, I might do a bit of a shit job, but I'll have a go if it means you get home and yeah. watch it. But uh, no, it is arse on you, mate. I do feel sorry yeah, for I you. I mean, I've got, I think I might be able to catch the second half. I'm just hoping that the organisers pl- pull off a surprise tomorrow. But the rumour on the street mm-hmm. is that the organisers don't like football. Um, one of them's Irish as well, so doesn't like football. And is Irish, he's not going to cancel the course to <laughs> let someone that does like football watch England, are they? So, um, no. so my chances are not great. Um, but hopefully, I'll be able to catch it at some point. But I think, I think, unless I'm wrong, all the other games, um, if we get through, obviously, are all doable. Um, in terms of the times and stuff, so. So we shall see. But, um, yeah, I'm looking mm. forward to it in, in, from the point of view that I think it'll be a good game and then we'll just see what happens after that. Yeah, you're right. It is a tough one to call because neither side have been at their best, have they? But one thing's for sure, Harry Kane's got to turn up tomorrow night. I mean, that's really important. And also, we need to try and exploit the fact that Germany seems to be the weakest defensively. I, I think I can never remember seeing from a German team. Mm. So taking our chances has got to be key. But, you know, we're at home as well. So you'd like to think that that's an advantage. What What is your score prediction? I'm going to go with 1-0 England. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one win. Yeah. Uh, X, do you think these tournaments have the same magic they used to? Because I don't. I, I just don't feel it from everyone compared to, say, Euro 96, for example. Do you agree with that? And if so, why do you think that is? Um, Yes and no. I think this tournament's not been helped by the fact that, obviously, the stadiums aren't full. Um, that I don't think that's helped. And the fact that you don't have the sort of fans travelling to these countries and watching it um, like you do other tournaments, you know, because part of the fun seeing the fans you know, in the towns and seeing the fans in the stadium and obviously they're half empty at the moment or half full, I guess, whichever way you look at it. Um, so I think that's been a factor in this tournament. I've still been, re- I've really enjoyed this tournament. I've watched near enough every game, shockingly missed the Croatia-Spain one earlier, so it looks like I've missed the best one. But um, mm. yeah, I've watched every other game and I've enjoyed it but I think when you're a kid or younger sort of like Euro 96 both of us would have been kids then it almost means more it's more exciting and you know you're just much more um getting much more involved in it than you necessarily would when you're a bit older so maybe it's just an age thing I feel the same about West Ham in a way you know as much as I love West Ham and I, lo- and I still you know love supporting us and going to games and stuff it was st- it was still more magical when I was younger yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think you're in awe of the players that you're watching as well, because back then, you know, these, these were adults, these were grown ups. So yeah. your heroes were people that were so much older than you. Now, the depressing thing is everyone playing for England's fucking younger than us. So. Oh, oh, mate, everyone in the tournament's younger than me. I think you're okay. I think, I think Pepe of Portugal. And I think, um, I think maybe the Holland keeper might be older than you. Right. For me, for me, I'm older than everyone. I think, I think there may even be managers that are younger than me now. That's a, and you know, that's game over when that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so depressing. Oh. I remember I remember the last time West Ham had a player older than me, and I remember holding on to dear life when the, before that player was still <laughs> playing for us. I think it from memory, I think it was Jaskalainen. I think from right. memory. Right. And you know, you think how long ago it was that he played for us. Yeah, bloody hell, mate. So yeah, it's not good, oh, is it? Wow. Is there anyone in English football that's older than you, do you know? Uh, younger than younger than me, you mean? Um uh, no, no, any that's older than you. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you are right. Sorry, I didn't mean to patronise you and then uh, be wrong myself. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a couple of keepers knocking around, maybe. Actually, isn't there? Isn't there? There must be some. Teddy Sheringham played older than I am now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a quick Google search. Um, I mean, I, I didn't mean in the history of the game. I mean, you know, that, <laughs> I didn't want to fucking put that now in your coffin. But I mean, current day. <laughs> I think I don't. I think there might be a few keepers. Um, like I remember, oh, there's, I don't know. These are the oldest ever players. Um, <laughs> who's the oldest player still playing football? Oh, that's all right. There's a guy playing in um, Japan who's apparently fifty. I've got years on him. Oh wow. Yeah. There you go, know. mate. You're you're an academy player in comparison. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel quite good about myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but looking around, there's this website here that's telling me the oldest players in the season 2019. So two years ago, no, nah, they're, they're all younger than me. That mm. is depressing. Well, from irons to lions, let's keep everything crossed that we can get a result tomorrow night. Okay, let's get some questions from our patrons. Starting with Nick Titley. Whilst hoping all the West Ham boys do well in the Euros, part of me hoped that the Czech team went out against Holland so the two lads could go and have a bit of rest before the new season. Do you lads think the same or are you 100% behind them all doing well? I definitely understand his logic, definitely. And typically with West Ham, they're probably due an injury at some point, one of them, aren't they? Um, Because it's just so West Ham. Um, But I like to see them doing well, particularly because it's so... um, like they're so happy and proud and stuff and and I think they represent the club really well those two so if I was given a choice of them winning the, a game or going out then I would say winning I, I, my order of preference for teams in the Euros is obviously England first Italy second because they have Italian blood and then um and they're always my second team in the tournaments and then um Czech Republic third because of the two players yeah yeah I'll be Czech Republic second um, I couldn't think of anyone else to be honest. We toss the coin for third, fourth, fifth, etc. So, so you've got Yarmolenko playing for Ukraine, I think. So you can yeah, maybe I support them. So. I mean, I'm still not that bothered to be honest with you. It's only one player attached to a nation that I've got no opinion on whatsoever. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Sufal and uh, and and Suchek. Definitely. I, you know, I, I love to see them do well. And it's a case of whether you're selfish or not, really, isn't it? Because from a selfish perspective, when it comes to international football, I totally agree with what he said. I, I, I would like them to have had a great tournament so far, like they have, and then be on their way home to get some rest, to then concentrate on something that I consider to be so much more important, which is West Ham's yeah. upcoming season. But, you know, from a human point of view... Um, I I just love to see him do well and uh, yeah. like to see him go all the way, but I don't know. They're you know, not a bad side, you know, Czech Republic. Not a no, bad side at all. No, I like them. I like I've liked watching them in this tournament. I think they've got some good players. Not just obviously the West Ham ones, but a couple of the forwards have stood out um, quite a lot. I've thought keepers played well. So yeah, I think I think they've got some good players. Uh, it's also good for football that nations like I know Croatia went out today, but um, Croatia, Czech Republic, Switzerland are beating France at the moment. Um, you know, Hungary almost pulled off a yeah. shot. It's good that some of these countries I think are um, becoming more competitive because you know you look over the history of european football it's basically been dominated by you know italy france spain portugal um 
Let's see, France, Spain, or Germany. Is there anyone I've missed? I guess England won a World Cup. Um, you know, mm. it's usually those. Isn't that Belgium, maybe. It's those sorts of nations that have um, that dominate things. Whereas, you know, be it more interesting overall if the likes of Switzerland and Hungary and those teams are more competitive. Definitely. Yeah, it was like when Greece won the Euros. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 definitely. Two thousand four. Um, yeah. Oh, well done, mate. Good knowledge there. That was incredible. And actually, it was quite good because I think it might have been Adidas. Adidas or night but one of them jumped on that for a marketing campaign with the slogan impossible is nothing yeah. and i think that summed that up i thought that was incredible from the greeks absolutely yeah, incredible. amazing and and this is what's um, really good about the Euro, the europa um euro, euro europa cup sorry whatever you're calling it the euros whatever um that the it is really really competitive when you get the world cup obviously it's competitive in the latter stages but really realistically the only teams that you would take from the world and put them in the european competition and they'd be able to compete really consistently are probably argentina and brazil other than that you know the african teams you tend to get one decent one each tournament that maybe gets to the quarterfinals and then mm. you have like like maybe, um, you know, South Korea do all right, don't they? They get to kind of the quarterfinals and stuff. Mm. And then Australia, like much of a muchness, really. There's no USA again, much of a muchness. Occasionally a South American team or Central American team like Mexico or um, one of the other ones might like, have a decent tournament. But generally, it, like if you look at World Cup winners, I know Uruguay have won some because like, at the start of it all, but it's always either Brazil, Argentina or the European team so I think the fact that the European league is getting that much more competitive makes it even more exciting now every yeah. every team like in the competition has been decent bar maybe Macedonia um, you know and that's don't know any of their players and I don't think Turkey were particularly good although they do have some decent-ish players but on the whole you know you look at the quarter-final draw if um if France win this, which at the moment doesn't look like they will, but I think they play Spain. Um, and then mm. obviously you've got Belgium, Italy, then you got um Denmark, Czech Republic, and then I think it's England versus um either the Ukraine or Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's, it's decent and you know, I, I, I like it. I like it's good for me because I don't tend to watch much Champions League football, whereas I'm much more interested in actual tournaments so i feel like it gets my knowledge of world football a bit more up to scratch again as well yeah i can imagine mate i can imagine i wasn't actually sure just how much you'd seen uh in the euros and i've had my kind of eye on the odd game here and there obviously watched every single england game but considering that you have seen quite a lot of it are there any players that have stood out to you other than the obvious other than the the, the world's big boys any players that you've looked at and thought cool he can play well, I thought that, like I said, a couple of players of Czech Republic. I've actually, although I didn't see them play today, I've liked the looks of Kaleta Kahn, the guy I've been linked with for Croatia. I thought he's um, stood out well. A couple of players of Denmark have looked good. I mean, I think he's quite highly rated anyway, but the forward that got a couple of goals the other night was his name Dolberg. I thought he looked like he was talented. Um you know, this guy that scored for Switzerland took his goal very well just there. I mean, Italy, I know they're a bit more well-known, but Italy are like a different Italy that I've ever watched in my life. As I said, Italy's my second team, but Italy are usually, you know, renowned for their quality of defence, you know, Maldini, Baresi, Costa Curta, Nesta, you know, the, the Cannavaro, the history of the defence in Italy is so, like, you know, the Azuria based upon the defence. But actually, this tournament, I think they've been the most exciting team to watch which is rare for an Italian team yeah 
Lewis Hart says, hi, lads, love the podcast. X, have you ever been approached by the ball to be a mouthpiece like Sean Weston? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a great question. One that I'm not sure. However, I should give too much of an answer to. Um, back in the day, let's say, back in the day, we're talking like maybe three or four years ago, I used to get a lot of news from the board, a lot of news um, to the point where not everything. In fact, maybe 50%, but 50% of my news came from them. And it would be like, usually I used it in a different way. So I would verify stories, um, but I would never put polls out for the board. I would never like say anything that they told me to say. I would just use it as a chance to get um, answers to things. Um, So I guess maybe three or four years ago, I was similar, but then I realised I didn't like being controlled. Um, I then I, di- I didn't like the fact that all my information was kind of almost given to me with an ulterior motive. I didn't like what the board were necessarily doing at times, so it was hard to kind of, I don't know, return a positive impression of them publicly. Um, and I also just... Um, just kind of found other sources. I mean, I already had sources before I knew them, way before them. Then they kind of got in touch and added to the sources. And now they've kind of, I don't speak to them anymore, but I've still got them, so to speak. So I've never been approached as such, but I had a closer relationship to them than I do now. I guess yeah. it's a fair way to say it. I mean, I still yeah. speak to like them occasionally, very, very occasionally. Um, and I actually sort of know people that know the board rather than knowing the board directly if that makes sense yeah yeah it does it does and um i think you all call i think you can also run the risk of losing a bit of credibility if you go down that path as well because i think you know sean better than i do but the time i've had with sean he seems like a really nice fella i've he got is, nothing, is, nothing no, bad a, to say about sean no, he is all, a nice guy. you know he does come under fire quite a lot from west Ham fans for maybe being a mouthpiece. I mean, you've only got to look at the question that was just asked. That was his words, not mine. Yeah, um, I mean, I would say... You don't want to be tagged with that, would you? I mean, just quickly, with Hugh, for example, I've never met Hugh, but from everything that I've heard about him and the, the reputation that he seems to have with West Ham fans, I'm not sure I'd want to either. So I think you were... Uh... You and Hugh would not get on. Really? Trust me, yeah. Really? Trust me, yeah. Well, do you know? Do you know Hugh then? Well, not in person, but I've spoken to him on the phone a number of times. And I used to write for his site back in the day, ages ago, when I first started out. So, Why do you um, think we wouldn't get on then? Yeah, you, yeah, I don't want to be too disrespectful to him, but you, you just wouldn't be able to tolerate the way he speaks to people. Really? And the way, and, the, uh, and yeah, his opinions of himself, I guess. Um, like, but Sean is a really, really good bloke, a really good bloke. And mm. I think, I guess with them, why, what's the phrase? Why bite the hand that feeds you? That's the yeah. phrase, isn't it? So they basically get all their information on a plate given to them by the David Sullivan. And whether it's, like a spinned news or whether it's like, you know, something he's told them to say, which hasn't, you know, is an agenda driven. There's always going to be some element of truth because it's came from the top. And if he kept, and if Sullivan kept giving them dud information, then, then they'd have like zero credibility. So I think he kind Mm. of gives them information here and there, but probably one side of the information. Whereas now with me, I would say I'm a bit more, um, I'm more, um, 
more on the sort of players' side now than I was like when than them. So most of my information or my opinions come from like coaches or staff or people that know the players or the players or or things like that. So we've got different camps. So sometimes I guess if you've got a contract dispute, you would have people saying like the current Hugh would go down the club's opinion on the contracts. You know, we offered this much, the players being greedy, whereas I would hear more so from the players' side of it, as in they might say the chairman have been tight and not offering enough money. So mm. I guess in some ways, and this is why Sean and I do speak. I mean, we not like that often, although I have spoken to him today, funny enough, but not very often, but occasionally we do like verify stories of each other just because we would have heard two extremes now obviously i get things before they do like you know i've got the free the free players that we've signed so far the free youngsters no one else has even heard of them until i've said their name so i've got them before them but then they would be better at kind of financial news and things like that because they know more the finances of the um directors and stuff so it's different information but obviously my information comes with no you know, I'm not saying that they always listen to it or whatever, but my information comes with no spin. You know, my information is what I've heard without opinion. Yeah. Whereas I think theirs can sometimes be, you know, and it's up to them. They, they, I think they believe what they're saying. So theirs is done with a positive slant towards the board often. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand, mate. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. This is from Mark. If you could amalgamate three West Ham players bringing all their qualities into one player to fit our current team, which three players would you pick? And I'm not sure if Mark is talking about three current players that we have, taking the best from each one and bringing a new player in, or three players of, of, of all time. Um, well, what should we do then? Three current players? Yeah, do three current players. I mean, I've always said I'd love to combine Yarmolenko and Antonio. Because like, yes. if you had Antonio's physique and his kind of pace and power and directness alongside Yarmolenko's technical ability, you'd have a very, very good player there. So mm. maybe if you sort of throw those two and then maybe put Fredericks in there for his out and outright pace. You know, yeah. a very good player there, very pacey, strong, muscular, um, physical, with technical ability. Those three would be very good. But then if you were to take the qualities of or of our best players, so I guess our best players are Rice, unless if you go the hammer of the years, contenders, Rice, um, Chafal and Tuchek, I think you'd say Rice for his, like, know composure intelligence reading of the game um, def mm. um defensive work uh, his captain material his kind of leadership drive you'd say Suchek for his ability to come in at the right place at the right time and get goals and things like that and you just say Chafal for his like sort of die hard attitude and commitment and stuff you'd have a great player then as well yeah yeah it's a good shout mate I mean when I first read the question I instantly, in my mind, tried to build a striker. And I yeah. thought, of, you know, I thought of, of, of pace and then with someone's finishing. But we don't really have a natural striker at the club, do we? No. So I think because of that, I think I would go, again, with Declan, for the reasons that you just mentioned, I think I'd give him Frederick's pace and I think I'd give him Suchek's aerial ability and yeah. have him standing next to Declan with possibly Suchek having even more of a free license to to run forward there. 
Yeah, I mean, if you think as well, what we need a striker. If you was to take like three X players and merge them into one, you know, if you was to emerge, say, Decanio for his like skill and flair and you know natural charisma and a bit like play um, like entertainment value. If you was to throw maybe Ashton for his kind of physical ability, his ability to you know score, um, you know, good in the air as well, and then maybe. Bellamy for his pace and finishing. You'd have mm. a hell of a player then as well. Yeah, Cole, you would, wouldn't you? Bloody mm. hell. Mm. This is from Dan Perry. Hi, X. What happened within the club that caused Hugo Schechter to leave? Um, I don't really know if it's for me to say. And I do know that Hugo has taken a vow of silence um or whatever the word is that's now that's like what a monk does um what's uh what does someone <laughs> do a non-disclosure form that's it like he's uh signed a non-disclosure form so that he won't talk about his time at the club which is a real shame because he did actually say he'd come on the podcast um if you remember because it was me that broke the news that he was leaving and then he said to me he'd come on the podcast and he was a very very popular member of staff like the players loved him his job was player care so that's basically someone that looks after after all their you know, appointments and sort of tells, helps them run their life, really. Um, and, uh, oh, God, sorry, Switzerland just missed an easy chance. Um, if um, And so he was really popular, but I think he got fed up, how do I say this diplomatically, and without crossing the line, I think he got fed up with people dictating to him what he should be doing in his job rather than just letting him get on with it. Right, okay. Yeah. Is there any more beef to that that you can't share? I don't not? think it's really fair on Hugo. It's his story to tell, you know, like it's, I think he's... But he a... can't tell it because he's signed a non-disclosure form, but you haven't, X. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, no, but out of respect. But I think it was, I think that's it in a nutshell that he felt maybe that too many people interfered in his role, maybe. Yeah. And he's, he's also gone on to open up his own, like, company now, which is... um which is in a similar thing, player care, and he does lectures and stuff at university. So he's doing very well for himself. And do you know what? I don't think he even really needs the money anyway, because his dad's a, a famous um, racing driver who I think is really, really loaded. So I don't really? think he Yeah, I can't remember what his dad's name is, but his, dad's, his dad is a famous uh, motor racing driver. Um, and he... Um, uh, so I think he kind of did it for the, I don't know, the love of the role, so to speak. And I guess if he was finding that that excitement, that love diminishing, then he didn't have the necessity to stay in the role. He's started up his own company, and it seems to be going well. So mm. fair play to him. Hopefully, he yeah. would come on the podcast because his role was kind of interesting really because he obviously gets very close and personal to the players because he helps them out with personal issues yeah. um, so he would have some real interesting stories to tell mm, without doubt no good luck to him like you say very interesting right Declan has asked two questions in one here really uh, I'm sure you'll agree the first answer is probably going to be an obvious one but followed by a second question um, that'd be quite nice to talk about so he says who would you rate as the best Australian to pull on the claret and blue, and also any chance of a show when the Australian pre-season tour is rescheduled? Well, I'm trying to think of Australians that have played for the club. So you've got Lazaridis, Robbie Slater, um, Lucas Neal, there's someone called Steve Maltone, a keeper. He was Australian, I think. Chris Coyne, 
And although I'm not sure he actually ever played for the first team, Richard Garcia, who I really didn't rate. Um, is there someone else I'm missing? Uh, not that I know of. So for me, then, out of those ones that I've listed there, I think the best player for the... for the, it's, it's hard because Lazaridis was a great player. Lazaridis was a really exciting winger, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. it's a penalty. Hold on, what's going on? I need to just check what's going on. I know he's going to the screens. So there was a potential penalty for Switzerland. Then France went down the other end. There's a potential penalty for France as well. So I'm not even sure he's looking at the Swiss one first. Oh, no, that is a penalty. But it's just whether it's outside the box or not. Jeez, that is literally so close. I wouldn't want to make that call. I would say he's just outside the box. Just. He's looked at the camera and he's given. What's he given? I think he's given a penalty. Jeez, he has. What's wow. So it's a Switzerland. Oh, really? So this will make it 2 0. I would have said that was outside the box, you know. It's a penalty. I would have said the foul actually started outside the box. I can't hear what the commentators are saying, but um, he's given a penalty, so I'll let you know if they if they score it. Um, but uh, uh, what was I saying, mate? Sorry, I got distracted there. Um, uh, yeah, I sort of killed it a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, um, what was he so, well, you about? were saying that Lazaridis was it? Oh, uh, yes. Right. So, Lazaridis was amazing, really exciting. That was at my peak of supporting West Ham. I just remember going to away games. People never seem to remember this chart, but I can remember it clearly. Where he's going, Stanley, Stanley, stay Lazaridis. Stanley, Stanley, Lazaridis. Stanley, stay Lazaridis. Hey, Lazaridis. Which was yeah. the um, to the Macarena song. Um, Robbie Slater was a good player. Lucas Neal was a great captain. Captain. So I think, in terms of what people have told me, ex-players about how he was as a captain and what he did for the um, club in relegation battles, I'm going to go Lucas Neal. Yeah, I would have said the same. More debatable than I thought, actually, and you've made some good points, because Skippy was a good player, and I'll tell you what, I'll never, ever forget his goal against Newcastle. No, legendary, yeah, legendary. Fucking what a goal that was. And if 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 uh, an iconic Premier League oh, player... Oh, saved was... it. Sorry, saved it. Oh, no, is he? Uh, Larissa saved it, yeah. Oh, Sorry. fuck's sake. Um, but if an iconic Premier League player would have scored that, then you'd see it all the time because Lazaridis yeah. scored it. You know, you don't really see it, but what a goal that was. That was absolutely incredible. So yeah. in terms of the um, the show and any chance of being won when the uh, Australian pre-season tour is rescheduled, I mean, the answer is yes. We, it was all confirmed. It was all agreed that we were going to do it before. And then obviously COVID just destroyed that. We was going to be coming to Brisbane with Ian Bishop. I mean, what a, what a week. Uh, absolutely crushing because we, we had the event booked. Can't remember what the bar was called now off the top of my head, but we had the bar sorted. Um, we were in Brisbane for the week. We were going to, we had tickets for the game. Um, like you said, Ian Bishop was coming for the week. He wasn't just coming for the, for a couple of days. So we would have spent the whole week with Ian Bishop. Um, it was going to be legendary. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and the same season, we were going to do LA as well. So we were going to have Brisbane and LA in the summer. And instead, I ended up going to Plymouth. <laughs> so, so you can imagine how like my mental health has been during this whole uh, COVID yeah. situation. So, yeah. uh, fingers, fingers crossed, we get to go to Las Vegas this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it all depends on what that fucking Annie Monster cunt's going to say next, and it because it keeps everyone guessing. But <laughs> you know, as it stands, we're convinced we're going, and, and we hope you will too. And watch this space because there's uh, some more information to come on that. But again, watch this space with the Australian talk because as soon as that's back in the diary, then um, we'll be all over that for sure. I love it, mate. But it's on my bucket list to go to Australia. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, great country. Uh, this is from Danny Murray. 
on paper, we have some difficult fixtures after our Europa League games. Games we were probably struggling, even without a European football. Uh, if we do perform badly in those games, can you see the fans turning on the competition? I personally see this as a great opportunity and hope we really attack the competition because as West Ham fans, we don't know when we'll get this chance again. I agree with him. I think we've got to give it our all. You know, if we win it, which obviously is unlikely, but if we do win it, it would mean that we'd be in the Champions League. Um, and if you win the Europa Cup, um, Europa League, oh, France has scored. Good goal, oh, one all. Benzema, such a good player. I think, um, yeah. If we, if we, um, if we uh, was to go in the Europa League and stuff, it would be, you know, if we, we really, the further we progress, the more stature it gives us, and the more chance we have of progressing further with new players and stuff. Um, and I think we're just going to take it really, really seriously. I mean, I would sacrifice a really strong Europa League um, run. Um, and a average Premier League season, then, you know, a decent Premier League season, but a rubbish Europa League season. Yeah, well, I think that's key, in it? It's how we're doing in the Europa League. If we're getting spanked by mid-range teams and we're underperforming in the Premier League, I think everyone's going to get the arse very quickly. But I think there will definitely be a bit of patience if um, we're doing very well in the Europa, but not so good in the Premier League. And by not so good, you'd still like to think we'd be there or thereabouts mid-table, mm. um, assuming that the squad is strengthened enough for us to compete in both competitions. Mm. But yeah, I think it's a good question, that. Mm. Right, this one is from Gotcha Fan Thongcum. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> Bless you. Or that's yeah. a very uh, strange erotica there. Yeah, Gotcha Fan Thongcum. I thought it was a fucking wind-up at first, but no, no disrespect uh, intended. Um, but he or she said, X is forever banging on about Dave's Code Red episode. Am I? Have... I, don't, I don't think you bang on about as much as I do. I try to forget about it. That's uh, yeah. an unfair accusation. His words, not mine. Yeah. He goes on to say, it must have really scarred him, which I think you'll agree with. Oh, 100%. France um, has scored again. Again? Oh, yeah, 3-1. 2-1, sorry. Yeah. Um, but does Dave have any similar horror shows regarding X that left uh, an indelible mark in his mind? They don't necessarily have to be body fluid related. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you'll know what I'm going to say, because I think we have shared this story on the, on the show before, but it actually is fluid related. And it goes yeah. back to our first trip to Ibiza. You know what I'm going to say. I do. You? I do. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, first and foremost, you have to understand, right, that X has got history and form with booking us into the biggest shitholes that you've ever seen. It's almost like it's his quest to find the next biggest shithole. And uh, the first time we went to Ibiza, we stayed in a place called the Pisces Hotel. And I would encourage you to Google it. I'm I'm pretty sure you can even see videos of it on YouTube with like Chavs fucking jumping off a a 14 story fucking hotel into the pool. Um, And it's actually, we didn't know this at the time, but it's actually been nicknamed the Pikey's Hotel. (laughs) So that paints a picture of what we're fucking staying in for a start. (laughs) And I, I remember one night, I can't remember what night this was. It was the first or second. I don't know. First but, um, night, mate. First night because first remember night? we yeah we got there and I suddenly thought because I'd been to Ibiza for about 
maybe 10 years, having been like four times before. And I was like, really sort of the boy is back like in my element. You know, I've been unleashed off my lead. And I was, the boy was back in Ibiza. We were on the balcony. Do you remember? We were like downing shots. We were like, oi, oi, yeah. all the girls on, on, the, on the different balconies. I was smoking cigars. I haven't smoked for about 20 years. Yeah. Smoking cigars. Smoking my fags as well. I yeah, remember smoking- looking at you. With like a, I don't know, a JD and Coke in one hand, getting a fucking fag on in the other, getting all leery, thinking, oh, I don't think this is going to end well for him. No, exactly. And yeah, you can t- tell it from there. It kind of took a massive downhill. Like we looked, we, we were there with Elliot, and then obviously we went to a few beach bars and stuff, which are parties, which were really good. So we shared that taxi with that random couple um, on the way back. They, they were really yeah, I do nice that. couple and stuff, like older couple. They've been married about 25 years and they said every year, because they met in Ibiza every year since they met, they went back or something and enjoyed themselves for the weekend, which I think is such a quality way to live your life and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I remember because I think at the time you were sitting in my lap and I looked at you and said, we'll <laughs> yeah. have to do the same next. <laughs> and we went back the next year as well. Man. And if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, and it was just really nice. And I was enjoying myself. I was at a good point. And then we went to this bar. Um, and do you remember you had an altercation with some Sunderland fans? Do you remember? And one of yeah, them I looked like a sideshow Bob. See, <laughs> <laughs> so while you, I do remember that. There's quite a few of them as well. I well, while you were potentially night, fighting half of them, Sunderland's uh, fans in a, in a club, <laughs> I was at the bar entertaining myself and uh, yeah, just drinking, 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 drinking. Just <laughs> for the backup, mate. By the way, I never forgot to you thank know, you. I for always that. disappear when these things happen. I'm always surveying, surveying for where the police are. Let you get on with me. You don't need my yeah. help. So, so I was uh, at the bar drinking. <laughs> and the bar got quite friendly to the bar staff. I know because we'd been to boozers before. Do you remember? So we yeah, already had yeah, all those free that. shots because we yeah. randomly walked into a bar right at the end of the strip in San Antonio. And then I ordered a drink, didn't I? And he went, I know your voice like that. And then because yeah. he recognised my voice, yeah. and then I said, well, I'm here with you. And we got bought free. We gave us shots all night. And then honestly, by, like, I just went, didn't I? And you you wouldn't let us go for a meal. That was the, I blame it on that. But um, you wouldn't let us eat. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, then you can tell it from then onwards, I guess. Well, it, it, what what happened next could only be described as bizarre because, I mean, what we got from the hotel was exactly what you expected. I mean, when we stumbled through the doors, there was no one at reception. Oh, fuck knows what time they clocked off. But then we started to go up the stairs because the lifts were fucked. Uh, and then we was greeted by this massive turd on the step. Oh, was um, it? wasn't was one it? of mine. I, I, yeah, yeah, I've got you, vague you know, memory Yeah, of you that. possibly well, don't no, remember smashed, that, actually. Now you've said that, that's like yeah. a very vague memory coming back now. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't one of mine because it was solid. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I couldn't be held accountable for that. But then when we went up to our room and you was a bit all over the place, it is just the strangest thing, right? And, you know, no word of a lie, you know it because you was there and it was it happened to you. But we we're pottering around or whatever, just about ready to go to bed or whatever. It was late or early in the morning, whatever way you look at it. And he's reached inside his toiletry bag, I think, to get his toothbrush. Yeah. And you've nicked your finger on a razor, mm. right? I swear to God, with X as my witness, I've never seen so much blood come from a finger. No. 
It's like your finger was ejaculating all over the hotel. It was room. like it was. It was. It was fuck it out. It was like a water gun, wasn't it? Like literally, wherever I pointed yeah. my finger, I just had this stream of blood, like shooting out, shooting out. And I looked back yeah. on it, and obviously it hurt. And I did take a a fairly sizable chunk out the top of my finger on the razor, <laughs> but like it wasn't. You know, it's not like I sliced the top of my finger off. Like no. I just took a chunk out the side of it, and I'm looking at my finger now, and there's no sign of that that injury. So it can't have been that bad. Yeah, I know. It's incredible. It's as if you did take your fucking arm off yeah. the amount of blood that was spurting around all over the place. And, mm. and it was so funny because I think you were starting to you come down a little bit at that point. And I always remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking honestly, you can't stop the fucking blue and half losing a lot. I tell you, yeah, it's exactly. unbelievable. And I remember you sat down looking all concerned and a right somber moment. And you looked at me and you said, Dave, I said, yeah. You said, am I going to die? <laughs> And I've got to be honest, I didn't know what to say. At the time. I, wasn't sure. I love the fact that both me and you contemplated that death was actually an option, but never yeah. actually thought about calling an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> just, just got on with the fact that I was about to bleed to death and I yeah. stuff. Yeah. Nothing to yeah. stop it. So, oh my but God. The, the worst thing about it was that obviously the inevitable puking up followed as well as the blood. <laughs> so like I completely destroyed the bathroom. And yeah. I, I bless you, mate, because you had to put up with it for three days afterwards or whatever <laughs> they refused to clean it because we'd like well until we'd left and they wouldn't and it was all over my sheets as well wasn't yeah, it and they literally because of the the quality hotel we were staying in they actually refused to do anything to <laughs> to help us and they left us in that situation and, yeah yeah Jesus. so basically we, we were sleeping in x's fucking blood it was like a murder scene in there for the rest of our time there. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. And the worst thing about it was it made me so ill because obviously I was like, I think I must have had alcohol poisoning or something, but I couldn't drink for the rest of the holiday. Yeah, yeah, I know. You were fucked, mate. Oh, I, see, fucked. I, I were only there three days, but I mean, I remember that next night, you and Elliot were like on the vodkas on the on the balcony and stuff, and I hadn't even got out of bed at that point. And, you know, no. It was like nine o'clock in the evening. I'd literally <laughs> stayed in bed the whole day, and yeah. you'd been out for a meal, hadn't done anything. I remember saying, like, thinking to myself, shit, we're only here three days or whatever, four days. I can't ruin it for the others. So I did take one for the team and forced myself out, do you remember? And then, like, literally, <laughs> like, I think I ate a oh, I just, just missed an easy chance then. And I forced myself out and I think I ate a Mars bar on the way to the club. And that was literally all I ate. And I just remember feeling horrendous in this club. Okay, let's take a brief break from the questions to get the latest from X. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. 
It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Now with Xfinity, you'll get unlimited internet with gig speed and supersonic Wi-Fi. Plus a two-year internet rate guarantee and no annual contract required. You even get a free streaming box. Talk about knock your socks off. It's all just 50 bucks a month when you add Xfinity Mobile with unlimited data. That's the new Xfinity Supersonic Bundle. Go to Xfinity.com slash gig to learn more. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Requires paperless filling and auto pay. New gigabit internet customers only. Xfinity Mobile requires post-pay Xfinity internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.